I said on Tuesday I thought the LA Kings roster was pretty much set going into the first day of free agency. Was I right? Plus, has the answer to the Kings' struggling power play been found? It is Wednesday, July 13th. I'm Eddie Garcia, and this is Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So the free agency frenzy got underway at the NHL on Wednesday at noon Eastern time. And as I predicted, and I wasn't really going out on much of a limb, the Kings didn't do much. L.A. already made their big move with the trade and signing of Kevin Fiala. And I felt that most of the rest of the Kings moves going forward would be focusing on re-signing players. So far, that has been the case. As we mentioned on Tuesday, Adrian Kempe, Alex Edler, Carl Grundstrom, and Leas Anderson have all been re-signed. The Kings have made qualifying offers to Mikey Anderson, Sean Dursey, Gabe Velarde, and Jarrett Anderson Dolan. Now, we told you that the Kings did not make a qualifying offer to forward Brendan Lemieux, which was true, but the Kings did up re-signing Lemieux to a one-year deal worth $1.35 million. He had eight goals last season to go along with 13 points and a team-leading 97 penalty minutes. And I briefly touched on this on Tuesday's show. I was curious to see if the Kings didn't bring back Brendan Lemieux, if they would address their need to have a disruptor type of a player. And, well, they took care of that by bringing Brendan Lemieux back. Now, I remember when the Kings traded a fourth-round pick to the Rangers for Lemieux. I was not pleased. I was like, why are we giving up a draft pick for this guy? Um, But then seeing him play this past season, mostly on the fourth line as an energy guy, uh, he surprised me with his offensive ability. I mean, eight goals from a fourth-line grinder is great. Um, And, you know, you can – I'm sure there are some people out there who maybe aren't his biggest fans, but I still think that there is a role for a player like Brendan Lemieux in the NHL. Um, Obviously, we're getting away from a lot of the fighting in hockey, for better or worse – um, as far as I'm concerned, my my uh, view on fighting all along has been that uh, I do find it entertaining on occasion. I, I'm glad we are getting away from, you know, just the flat out goons who have no real skill uh, at all to to show, and they just out there for a reason. And I was never big on the staged fighting, um, but but I I still think that as long as the NHL is going to allow hockey, uh, fighting to exist in hockey, and yes, I know it's penalized, but it's not like the other sports. Um, I'm okay with it. Now, that being said, if the NHL came out tomorrow and said, we're going to basically ban fighting, you know, they're going to do what all the other sports do, where it is basically if, if you get in a fight in basketball or baseball or football, you get automatically ejected from the game and you are subject to a fine and or suspension. Obviously, that's not the case, uh, generally speaking, in hockey. You just get a you know, five-minute major penalty and get you back on the ice afterwards. But as long as it's still legal, I think there is a role for a guy like Brendan Lemieux. But it can't just be about that, obviously. I mean, and that, and, and that hasn't what Brendan Lemieux has shown us, I don't think. I mean, he is an energy guy. He is good on the forecheck. He skates hard and makes things happen. And occasionally, yeah, he will. He'll mix it up, uh, you know, try and get the other teams off their game. And if necessary, he's really the only guy on the Kings that'll, that'll drop the gloves and uh, stick up for a teammate or maybe get into a scrap to try and spark the team uh, if they're not getting things going at certain points. So, you know, I know he did bite someone last year um, and a lot of people were turned off by that, understandably so. I mean, you shouldn't be biting people uh, on the ice. Now, that said, he did bite a Kachuk. 
Um, it wasn't Matthew Kachuk. I would have preferred that, but uh, he did bite Brady Kachuk of the Ottawa Senators. And, you know, if you're going to bite someone, bite a Kachuk or maybe a Marchand. But uh, in all seriousness, though, um, I, I like bringing Brendan Lemieux back. I, I do think, uh, like I said, the Kings do need someone like that, but it can't just be about that. Like I said, he, he I think Brendan Lemieux does bring some skill to the game uh, more than I thought he had, to be honest with you, when we, when we picked him up originally. Um, but I, I do like that. Um, he's coming back, going to be a grinder on the fourth line. Again, you know, going to mix, mix it up, getting people's faces, but occasionally we'll chip in with a goal or two. And uh, so Brendan Lemieux is back with the LA Kings. Uh, the Kings also went out and signed 30 year old goaltender, Phoenix Copley, now, if you're not familiar with him, he has mostly been an AHL goalie in the Washington Capitals organization. Uh, he gets a one-year deal worth $825,000. Played two games in the NHL for the Capitals last season. Uh, mostly played in the AHL with the Hershey Bears. A total of 38 games, including some playoff games. Um, he obviously provides more depth at the goalie position. And I assume will be in the AHL with the Ontario Reign. Uh, in his career, he's appeared in 31 career NHL games with a 16-9-3 record, a 2.98 goals against average, and a 900 save percentage. Now, at some point in a future episode this offseason, we're going to do a deep dive on the Kings' goaltending situation, both at the NHL level and in their system. Um, I know that Matt Valalta is a guy um, who had the bulk of starts uh, in the AHL with the Ontario Reign last year, and he's a, a, a younger goalie in their system who eventually may turn into an NHL caliber goalie. Certainly he's not there yet. And when you have a young guy like that, you want him to take the bulk of the starts in the AHL, continue his development. But if something goes wrong at the NHL level, um, and like we saw last year, very briefly with Garrett Sparks, I think Phoenix Copley is that type of guy as well. He's not going to be uh, completely green in net if you have to bring him up because, uh, you know, Cal Peterson or Jonathan Quick are day-to-day with something or maybe even out for a week and he's coming up as your backup. Um, He's got NHL experience. He's been around the block. He's, again, a 30-year-old guy who's seen a lot of pucks in net. And so, you know, in in those specific situations, a guy like Phoenix Copley does make sense, like like we saw with Garrett Sparks last year, a veteran guy who's been around the block who, if he has to come up and play in a couple of games at the NHL level, you know, he's certainly not going to be a guy you're going to rely on to get a win, but he's also not going to embarrass himself either. And I'm not saying Matt Valalta would embarrass himself, but again, you're not, that, that's not the role he's in right now. He's again, developing at the AHL level. And if the situation arises where the Kings need a older veteran goalie to come in for a game or two, then a guy like Phoenix Copley is somebody who can fill that, uh, that need. The Kings also signed defenseman, Toby Paquette-Bisson uh, played 55 games in the AHL with the LaBall Rocket last season. He had three goals and 16 assists. So that's where we stand right now as of the recording of this show uh, as far as what the Kings have done or not done um, on uh, the first day of free agency. Like the uh, bringing back of Brendan Lemieux, Phoenix Copley, okay, I get that. Um, but otherwise, again, it's it's really focusing forward on re-signing players. So the Kings' salary cap situation right now Projected cap hit of $80.1 million and projected cap space of $2.3 million. We'll see if they uh, sign a guy like Mikey Anderson if they made a qualifying offer to, to a bigger deal. Um, we'll see how that goes going forward, but that's where the Kings stand right now. Now, if you haven't been keeping track of the free agent frenzy that's going on, and we obviously are focusing on the LA Kings, but this is 
this is related to the Kings. Um, so far in the Pacific Division, the Kings have clearly made the big offseason move so far in acquiring Kevin Fiala. Now, if you look around the Pacific Division, Calgary has lost star Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, as of this recording, we haven't heard where he signed yet, but he's told the Flames he's not coming back. So that's a huge hit to Calgary. Edmonton added Jack Campbell, a guy we're familiar with, former Kings goaltender, a veteran guy. He comes over from Toronto. They needed to address their goaltending situation, and they have with Jack Campbell. Is he a huge upgrade in net from Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith? No, but I think he is a bit of an upgrade. Uh, the Oilers also brought back Evander Kane, so Edmonton looks to be uh, you know, no worse for the wear as far as what they've done this offseason. But Calgary has clearly taken a step back. Vegas is in cap hell right now, and they're not doing anything. As a matter of fact, they're looking to get rid of salary, and there is a report that they have traded Max Pacioretty, one of their star forwards, to the Carolina Hurricanes. So Vegas, uh, at this point, has taken a step back. Vancouver brought in Ilya Mikheyev from the Maple Leafs. Okay, nothing too earth-shattering there. Uh, The Sharks are an organization in transition. They've just hired a new GM. They haven't hired a head coach yet, and they just shipped out Brent Burns, their longtime defenseman, to Carolina, so the Sharks have done really nothing to help themselves this offseason. Anaheim is building through the draft. Uh, It's going to take a while for Anaheim to get on their feet. Um, They do have a new GM uh, there who a lot of people are excited about, but they're still years away. And Seattle, I mean, they're excited about getting Shane Wright uh, in the NHL draft, a guy who many thought would be number one. He slid down, down to them at number four, but they've done really nothing of note as well. So, again, looking at the Pacific Division so far, uh, the Kings have made the biggest splash. Uh, so hopefully that will be the case going forward. Uh, Nazem Kadri is still in play. If he joins one of these teams, that might change uh, the narrative a little bit. But uh, so far, I would say uh, the offseason has looked good for the LA Kings and uh, not that great for the rest of the teams in the Pacific Division. Well, if you'd like to place a wager on the LA Kings to win the Stanley Cup, I would advise you to Visit our friends at betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that is Bet Online, where the game starts. So the Kings have, uh, have they made a move to address their power play? Uh, the answer is yes, but it is not in the form of adding a player. The Kings have hired Jim Hiller as an assistant coach. He replaces Marco Sturm, who of course left to become the new head coach in Ontario with the rain. Um, Jim Hiller was actually drafted by the LA Kings way back in 1989. He played 40 games with the franchise with six goals and six assists. That was a little bit before my time as a Kings fan. I got on board in the early nineties, so I do not remember Jim Hiller as an LA King, Uh, but he has been an NHL assistant since 2014. He's had stints with teams like the Red Wings, Maple Leafs, and most recently the New York Islanders and he was on Barry Trotz's staff um, and uh, was let go after Trotz was not brought back. Hiller will have the task of restructuring the Kings' power play, which was bad last year. Only five teams had a worse power play percentage than the Kings, who were 27th in the league 
last season at 16.1%. The Kings were by far the worst playoff team in terms of power play percentage. Uh, And that was clearly a factor in the Kings' first-round playoff series loss to the Oilers, who had the third-best power play percentage last season at 26%. In that seven-game playoff series, the Kings were 3-for-24 with man advantage. The Oilers were 7-for-19. Again, clearly a factor in that playoff series. As far as uh, how Jim Hiller's Islanders did on the power play last season, not bad. Uh, They were 12th in the NHL at 22.1%. Uh, The Kings would absolutely take that uh, this coming season. Hard to believe that the the power play can get any worse than it was a year ago. Obviously, you're bringing in Kevin Fiala to help out on the special teams. Hopefully, a healthy Drew Doughty quarterbacking the number one power play unit uh, for the Kings. uh, Because for the Kings to take the next step where they want to be, they must improve the power play. And hopefully, Jim Hiller is part of the answer to that. And... You know, it's not just the power play production itself. I mean, the Kings are an offensively challenged team at times. uh, And so the power play can be a huge impact on that. But it's also one of those things when it's not going well that can really take away and frustrate a team and really contribute to other parts of the game. And you know this being a Kings fan. If you watch the Kings power play last season, you know, when you get a penalty, that's supposed to be a good thing, right? That's supposed to be a time you get excited. But, I mean, let's be honest. When the Kings got the man advantage last season, you were like, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, and, I mean, there were times when, you know, they forget about getting a power play goal. They couldn't even get the power play set up properly, you know, to to get teams and wear them down. And we, we talk about the Oilers power play. Look at the Colorado Avalanche. Their power play was the difference in them winning the Stanley Cup. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the final because of how good their power play was. So a power play is very important, especially to a team like the Kings. And and, and if you saw any of the Stanley Cup finals, sometimes it's not even about scoring a power play goal. Sometimes it's about getting momentum in a game because of your power play. And it can work in reverse as well. If your power play isn't going well, it can suck the life out of you. And and if you're playing at home and you've got, you know, the fans are groaning because you can't hold the puck in the zone, you know, that that is a factor as well on just how, how, you know, in the environment and the building and the energy that a team can get out of it. And at the very least, like we saw with Colorado, sometimes it's not about scoring. You can even just move the puck around, get the, get the power play set up in the zone, move the puck around and make the other team work. If you've never played hockey and I'm a beer league hockey player, not very good, but the, the most energy that you expend is defending and the starting and stopping of having to chase a puck. That's where you get worn out. So, you do that if you get the puck set up in the zone, you move the at least move the puck around and make the other team work. It's possible that can affect them, you know, late in the third period where maybe they don't have the energy that, that they would have otherwise. And certainly, as we saw in the Stanley Cup final, it affected Tampa Bay in that series where it looked like at times they just ran out of gas. So excited about Jim Hiller coming in as the new assistant for the LA Kings, taking over that power play, and hopefully getting them much higher in power play percentage for the upcoming season. It's going to be, I think, a huge factor in the Kings taking a step forward next season. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to find a local chain auto parts store that uh, is stocking up on all the parts that you need. Why endure the weight of a person behind the counter ordering parts on their computer for you, choosing only the brands that the warehouse happens to carry, You have your own computers, and you can access rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money 
by using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Wednesday was day three at the Kings Developmental Camp at the Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, and there is a bit of news that I saw from camp that I wanted to pass along. Unfortunately, it's not good news. But L.A. Kings forward Alex Turcott, the fifth overall pick in the 2019 draft, did not pass his physical So he is not taking part in the on-ice portion of the developmental camp. Now, this has been, unfortunately, a bit of a trend for Alex Turcotte, if you've been following this. Um, He participated last year in the developmental camp, and then he lasted one day when he came down with an appendicitis that needed surgery. Uh, He has suffered multiple concussions um, in his career, two last year, playing for the Ontario Reign in the AHL, and uh, the last one was in May during the AHL Playoffs. Obviously, there are a lot of high hopes for Alex Turcotte. Clearly, he showed a lot of skill and ability in being the fifth overall pick in the 2019 draft. But because of his injury issues, he really hasn't had a chance to show off all of his abilities like he would like to. Um, Hopefully, not passing his physical uh, is more of a precautionary thing for the Kings, and they don't want to rush him back on the ice, obviously, especially when you're dealing with concussions, which can be so unpredictable. But I think at this point, for Alex and for the Kings and for us as fans, we just want him to be able to get healthy so he can just show us what he can do on the ice. Um, You know, it's got to be incredibly frustrating for him. Obviously, it's it's frustrating for the Kings and and, and us as fans because you you invest uh, a lot in in a fifth overall pick. and, And so far, we really haven't, you know, seen the benefits of it. But there's still time. He is still young, and like I said, at this point, for, for all parties involved, let's just keep our fingers crossed that Alex Turcott can get healthy, um, be ready for training camp, make it through training camp unscathed, and then just you know get a full season uh, of hockey uh, under his belt and, uh, and, and really be able to show what he can do. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that uh, Alex Turcott can get his health going. It's not something he can control, obviously. I mean, you play hockey, and you know these things happen, but... Hopefully, I mean, he's clearly has had a lot of bad luck in this area. Hopefully, he's due, right, for some good luck. And uh, and we could see him on the ice healthy and, and showing off his skills here in the very near future. So to keep up to date on this show and what's going on with the LA Kings, uh, I would invite you to follow us on Twitter. We are at LockedOnLAKings. Uh, and I want to send out an email address for you to comment or give your thoughts on what's going on with this show or anything that's going on with the Kings. Like I said, questions, comments, whatever. The email address is LockedOnEddie, that's E-D-D-I-E, my first name, at gmail.com. Again, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. I am planning on having a listener email segment on future shows, so uh, feel free to check in on that. LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. And we're also going to have going forward uh, certain segments, especially during the off season, um, that will probably be slotted in uh, certain individual days. Um, Thinking about having something like a where are they now to check in on former Kings. I know I'm a big fan of nostalgia and uh, wondering what former Kings are doing 
hearing old names from the past and things like that. So um, we're going to have some some certain features probably coming up on certain days, especially during the off season when there is some time to fill to check in on, on things like that. On Thursday's episode, uh, we'll obviously get you the latest news on whatever the Kings have done in that particular day. Also, though, uh, likely going to take a closer look at the Kings' recent uh, NHL draft uh, and some of the players that are taking part in the developmental camp at uh, the Toyota Sports Performance Center. And also, um, you know, we talk about grades for drafts, and it, it's it's kind of silly for people to come out with draft grades right after a team makes a draft. I, I get it. It's, it's for entertainment purposes, right? But there's no way of knowing really what a player is going to do, you know, at 18 years of old who's never, you know, played any kind of professional hockey before. So what the point is, the, the proper way to grade a draft is years down the line. And so uh, what we're going to do coming up next week is we're going to look at the LA Kings draft from five years ago and give that a grade and see what they were saying about that draft class then and what it has turned out to be now. So I hope you'll find that interesting. That's going to come up on a future episode coming up on uh, the coming days. So thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in hockey, especially with the free agency period going on right now. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, Go Kings Go!